Good morning. It is true, I am as tall as the giraffe at the top, the little giraffe. Good morning. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here today. We are in the wild. It is VBS Sunday here at First Baptist Church. We're delighted that you are here, and we're going to encounter Jesus this week. We sing to the one who is both the lion and the lamb today. Amen? Let's stand together and sing together.
Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church family, and welcome to worship this morning, this Vacation Bible School Sunday morning. We are going to have a fantastic week at Vacation Bible School, but we ask that you pray for the leaders, the workers, and the kids that will be in attendance this week. I'm thankful that we do serve a Lord God Almighty. He's worthy of our praise. And this morning, if you are viewing online, we welcome you to worship this morning. Welcome those that are here with us today. We are glad you are here. If you're a guest, we ask that you fill out your connection card that's found in your worship guide. And at the end of the service, if you're a first-time guest, you'll have an opportunity to meet our pastor, Stuart Holloway, and his wife, Rebecca, out in the um, foyer area. And he has a gift to give you his book, The Privilege of Worship. If you have any other prayer requests or any change of information, we ask that you also fill out that card. Um, And those prayer requests we pray for every Tuesday in our staff meeting. We are grateful that we have the opportunity to pray for you. We're grateful you're here to worship the one true God. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you so much that we have the opportunity to come before you this morning and lift our voices to you, to praise and to sing songs of worship to you, Father. Lord, I'm also grateful that we have the opportunity to hear your word spoken this morning. May it pierce our hearts and our minds to be on mission for you in our community, in our jobs, in our homes, and everywhere we may find ourselves this week, Lord God. May we be about your work, Father, and have it our praise this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm convinced that there is no greater sound in all of the world as we encounter Jesus today that the church of God, with one voice, we sing, holy is the Lord today, amen? We stand and lift up our song. Would you join us as we sing together? Bow down and worship 
Bye. 
church we've gotten to enjoy some wonderful worship today just lifting praises to the Lord he is the conqueror he is the king and over the course of this next week we're going to be pushing back the powers of darkness through the light of the gospel in vacation Bible school and so I want uh, as we go into this time of prayer um, those of you who are volunteering in vacation Bible school it's kind of easy to see you because you have on your green today uh, we want you to remain standing everyone else be seated and just as we pray I want you to just extend a hand toward whoever is close to you with green on or who's volunteering in Bible school if they don't have their shirt on and we want to lift up these people so if you just pick somebody and extend your hand to them we want to lift up these folks as we pray for vacation Bible school this week and also for our offering all right Lord we come before you this morning so grateful for the privilege of teaching children about Jesus Christ Lord those of us adults in this room who've walked with you for some years know that you have overcome Lord we can testify to times in our lives where you've overcome beginning with our salvation where you overcame sin and you brought salvation to us but also other times when there were struggles and there were hardships and you brought us through those or you you helped us through those in mighty ways sometimes you broke strongholds that were sucking life out of us and so Lord this week we get to share with these precious children about your power and so, Lord, I pray for these volunteers. God, from preschool and, and child care all the way up through our preschool classes, our children's classes, to recreation, to snack time, to crafts, to missions, Lord, all of those things that make Bible school so much fun and so exciting. Lord, we pray that all of us would be used by you to point children to Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for a, a great harvest of children coming to faith in you this week we want to see you transform lives this week and so God we just look forward to how you're going to move Lord we need to raise up another godly generation that will help point this nation back to you and so Lord we pray for this generation of children Lord who are coming up in our church and we pray Lord that they would have a faith that even surpasses that of their parents and grandparents Lord, that would be vibrant and that they would be a generation that seeks your face, a generation that transforms this city, this state, this nation, and even the world for Jesus Christ. 
And Lord, as we've been asked today, we want to lift up our nation and our president to you. And we pray, God, that you would uh, bring revival to our land. God, there's so much division. There's so much bickering. And, and, and sometimes we, we just want to say enough. And so, God, we pray that you would settle in and that you would move. As you've done in days of old where you brought forth revival from prayer, you brought forth revival from preaching, you brought forth revival from, from college students and high school students. And, 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 Lord, we pray that you would do it again in moving through our churches and our college campuses and, and Lord, bringing sweeping revival to our nation all the way up to the courts of power in Washington, D.C., Lord God, our president, draw him to you. Help him to feel your touch upon him. May you surround him with wise counselors, wise godly counselors who will help him in the hard decisions that he has. And Lord, as we continue in our worship time today, we pray that we would bring you glory and honor and that we would leave here knowing that we have met with you. Lord, take these tithes and offerings that we are about to give. Lord, use them for your kingdom's purpose. Multiply them a hundredfold over what we give. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that excites me about VBS this year is the music. It's wonderful music. And I want you to learn one of the songs that we'll be singing this week. It is called Worthy of Our Praise. It's a simple tune. You'll pick it up. And uh, we're going to teach it to you this morning. So learn it and uh, we'll sing it here together. Sing it with us. Just cross, empty grave. 
Isn't that beautiful? Have such great vacation Bible school music uh, these days, and, and the songs will be stuck in our head by Friday, but uh, that's okay because they're such rich. As that we were singing that song, Rebecca just said, those words, what wonderful words of worship. I want to take just a few personal comments today as I begin. Most of you know that, that my grandma beat us to heaven this week, and she's the only grandparent that I've had since I was five years old. And Momo was here in worship just two weeks ago. Uh, but that Tuesday, May 21st, she fell in her kitchen and broke her right hip, her right shoulder, and, and some ribs. And uh, ultimately, the injuries were just too much for her 96-year-old body. And, and she went to be with Jesus on Thursday evening. Momo was a longtime member of Riverview Baptist Church out on Highway 1 towards Marksville. And that's where my grandpa grew up. And that's where she began attending when they married. And she taught preschool there for 45 plus years. We really don't know how long. But when God called me here, well, the draw of a grandson preaching and a daughter who could drive her uh, was just a little bit too great. And Mama began attending here on Sunday mornings. And she never joined because Riverview was her church, but she tithed here and she attended faithfully here and she loved this church. Now, when she didn't come because she didn't feel well or she was saving herself up for, for something, she apologized profusely. And when she would fret about those things, I'd tell her, Momo, I wish everyone had as much commitment as you do. For the last decade, Momo's been sitting right there beside mom and Zach each Sunday morning and she, she benefited so much from being here. And so I want to take a moment to say thank you to you as a church family. Uh, thank you for those who befriended Momon. She loved the ladies in her Sunday school class. And she loved those of you in church when you'd greet her on Sundays and call her during the week. And your friendship meant a lot to her. You, you met a need in her life because so many of her friends and her siblings had already beat her to heaven. And, and as I was writing this, uh, this this week, I thought, you know, please pray for her last remaining best friend, Miss Beverly Corbett, who's going to miss my grandma something fierce. Thank you to those of you who ministered to Momo. You helped her out of the car, mom's car on Sundays. You made sure she got from the Cali building into here to sit. You made sure she found the right pew, which was a struggle every week. You gifted her with special care packages. You just showed love and concern. And thank you for those of you who visited in the hospital. One person came in and they said they had to ask her name because she was just Momo and they knew Rapids wouldn't have her listed that way. <laughs> Uh, you knew her as, as Momo because you loved her, and thank you for loving her. Now, she was easy to love, so you didn't have to really work real hard at that, but, but thank you for doing it anyway. And This week was so crazy with, with her decline, and, and it wasn't until Friday and yesterday that I was really able to settle down and, and turn my attention to this message. And as I pulled out the notes that I'd started making earlier in the week, I, I read the sermon title, Why We Must Invest in Children's Ministry, and with all the events of the week swirling around me, I thought, this is the perfect message for the week that Momo went to be with Jesus. And that's because if anyone knew what it meant to invest in ministry to children, Momo did. Uh, as a kid, I remember her pulling out her collection of Sunday school materials from her den closet and, and, and making things and cutting out things for a Sunday school class. And when my cousins and I would spend the night with her on Saturday night, we loved to go to church with her and to be in her Sunday school class, even when we were teenagers in high school and she taught preschool. Um, and every summer I went to two vacation Bible schools, my own home church and the one at Riverview with Momo. And those experiences, along with, with everything my home church and parents did, helped solidify my love for Jesus and his church. Momo's example of service in the church showed me that you can serve Jesus for a long time in a significant way. But she also touched others. I've heard my whole life adults talk about her Sunday school class when they were preschoolers. She invested in children's ministry. This week of VBS is all about that. It's about reaching children for Jesus. And tonight, this entire church campus is going to be buzzing with the excited voices of children. And this worship center is going to be quaking from the shouts and the enthusiasm of kids learning about Jesus. And it's going to be awesome. And isn't this set amazing? 
And it says to you and to the kids, kids, you matter. And we want you to have a good time learning about Jesus in a fun and a life-changing way. So this morning, I want to talk with you about why we must invest in children's ministry, why we must continue to invest in children's ministry. It's an investment of time and space and money. It takes a lot of time from dozens of volunteers every Sunday and Wednesday to pull off our ongoing ministries. It, it takes 20 to 30 hours each by 100 or so volunteers to pull off VBS. It takes eight weeks by dozens of volunteers for Upward Sports. In fact, if you volunteer in any way in our children's ministry, extended sessions, Sunday school, Wednesday nights, Upward, whatever, if you volunteer in any way in the last year, would you just stand up so we can kind of get an idea of what that takes? Look at that. Give the Lord a hand and give these folks a hand. It takes a lot of people. It takes an investment of time. It takes an investment of space. Our children's building, our gym, our playground, it's some 35,000 square feet of our church campus is dedicated to children's ministry. And of course, it takes an investment in money, salaries and facilities and programs and more. Uh, three years ago, we made the investment in, in a full-time children's minister when we called Kimberly to serve alongside with us. And it was a big financial step, but we did it because as a church, we believed we needed to make that investment, and it was a great investment. Don't tell any other church, but we have the best children's minister in the state of Louisiana. If any other church calls, we have the worst children's minister in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> but why do we make that investment? Why must we make that investment? Well, I want to use this morning Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 15. If you turn there in your copy of God's Word, it's a simple passage, a familiar story uh, told by all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this little passage that I'm sure Momo taught to her preschool Sunday school class every year or so, reminds us that we must invest in children's ministry. Let's encounter that text together. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. At this particular time in his ministry, Jesus is teaching east of the Jordan River in a, an area known as Perea. And the crowds would, would always assemble when Jesus was in an area and teaching. And apparently children were often among that crowd. Several passages in the Gospels indicate that children were present as Jesus was teaching. And on this particular day, parents were bringing their children to Jesus for him to pray for them and bless them. In a, in a way of Jewish custom, uh, it was a way of laying on of hands for an elder to bless a, a person when you laid hands and prayed for them. It was also a Jewish custom to bring a child to the elders on the evening of the Day of Atonement to bless him and pray for him. And some scholars think that might be the occasion of, of this incident. But whatever the case, these children were of all ages. Though um, the word Matthew uses strictly means little children, it was often used of children in general. So these, these kids may have been as young as babies and as old as preteens, kind of like vacation Bible school. But this circumstance sets up our lesson for today, why must we invest in children's ministry? And the first reason we must do so is because many will not. As the parents bring their children to Jesus, notice the disciples rebuke them. The word used there means to express strong disapproval. So can you imagine? What are you doing? Get those kids away. The disciples met the parents with a scowl and a harsh word. Why this harsh reaction? Well, we really don't know. Um, Children were generally held in low esteem at the time, but it may just be that the disciples didn't want to be bothered by the interruption. I mean, you know, kids interrupt. Kids take time. They're messy. They break things. And that's why a lot of people don't like ministry to them. 
But whereas the disciples rebuked the parents, Jesus rebukes the disciples, saying, don't forbid them, making it clear that the attitude of the disciples was all wrong. <laughs> when we were talking about the, the funeral this week, my uncle reminded us that um, my grandma was a little more progressive in her Sunday school class than than some others. There was one particular older lady at uh, my grandma's church who thought she was the Sunday school police. And um, on some mornings, this lady would open the door to my grandma's classroom, ignore my grandma sitting right there inside the door, and say, you kids are being too loud. You need to listen to Miss Edith. And she closed the door. I was there at least once when she did that. I remember it. I was always kind of scared of that lady. And after making her pronouncement, she closed the door. Mama would just kindly say, don't worry about that. <laughs> and then she'd move right along with giving assignments and going on with her lesson. And I'm pretty sure smoke was also coming out of Mama's ears, though. <laughs> there are some people who will not invest in children's ministry because they're too noisy. It takes too much time. It takes too much space. It takes too much money. They scuff the paint. They write on stuff they shouldn't write on. And they run down the hall. So some people... Some churches walk away from children's ministry, or some just do the bare minimum. Churches which do not invest in children's ministry, though, are soon dead. If you want your church to be a museum or a mausoleum, don't have children's ministry. But if you want to be a thriving place of ministry in the next generation, invest in the next generation. We invest in children's ministry because many will not. We also invest in children's ministry because Jesus did. This event tells us a lot about Jesus and about the parents of the children, that they were all ready to give time for the spiritual welfare of these children. And throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus had a great interest in children. At least once, he used a small child as a model to, to drive home a spiritual truth. Another time, he observed their games and used them as an example to teach a lesson. Jesus clearly was genuinely interested in children. And so therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus rebukes the disciples and uses the children then to teach an object lesson about the right way to enter God's kingdom. Here, Jesus says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus had earlier said that one must be like a little child if one is to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But this expression even goes beyond that. It means that the kingdom is made up of people like these little ones, or perhaps the kingdom belongs to people like them. Either way, Jesus was asserting that children are important. The attitude of the disciples toward them was all wrong. Their mistaken attitude then becomes a teachable moment for everyone there that day and for all of us through the last 2,000 years. We must highly prize the children and teenagers in our church. Evangelism must be a priority among the younger generation, especially in light of children's particular openness to the gospel. In fact, let's do an informal survey. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before the age of 20, would you please raise your hand? You accepted Christ before the age of 20, okay? Keep your hands up if you... Um, accepted Jesus Christ before the age of 15. Keep your hands up if you accepted Christ before the age of 10. Now just look around. You see that our informal survey, you can put your hands down, tells us exactly what formal surveys have told us for years that we need to invest in children. We need to share the gospel with children because that's when most people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. One of the things I'm most thankful for is the way my home church invested in children. We were a small church, so we never had a children's minister or even an intern. But our pastors and our parents made sure that we had ample opportunities to fall in love with Jesus and his church. My two childhood pastors helped lead the way in that. First, Brother Bob and Miss Patty Williford, and then Brother Ron and Miss Jan Aguilar. They both invested in us as kids. And you would expect that maybe from Brother Bob and Miss Patty because they had kids. Their, their oldest son was my age. But Brother Ron and Miss Jan never had kids of their own. 
but they invested in us kids, knowing that we were the next generation. I met Jesus because of the example, the teaching, and opportunities afforded to me by those people and all of those people in the church at First Baptist LeCount who taught Sunday school, who taught vacation Bible school, who led RAs, who did all of that kind of stuff. They invested in children's ministry because Jesus did. The third reason we need to invest in children's ministry is because of the return on the investment Jesus says, this is the kind of people that heaven is made up of. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And I've, as I've already said, uh, children's ministry costs a lot. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of space. It's a lot of resources. But the return on investment is amazing. And there are several ways that investment returns to us. One, children become an example to us. Even here Jesus uses the children as an example of the faithful, and he often did that. Why? Because as we grow older, we need to be reminded of the need for a childlike faith. We need to be reminded of the simple faith that believes the Bible and that believes Jesus. We need to be reminded of the exuberance and wonder of a child experiencing God's creation. We need to be reminded of the simple truth that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. We need to be reminded that you can have fun while worshiping Jesus. Sometimes I think we need to get out the finger paint for all the adults and just... Let us have a big old preschool, Sunday school time again. You remember finger paint? Wasn't that fun? I hadn't played with that stuff in 35 years. Some of y'all hadn't played in a long time. Get you some. <laughs> Just make a mess on your kitchen counter or something. We need to remember what that was like. Children are an example to us. Also, children motivate us to grow in our faith. Doesn't it inspire you when you see a child come forward giving their heart? to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Doesn't that say, man, I, I want, that's exciting. I remember when I was saved, and you got to go back there, and, and you, you experience that. What about when our Bible trill kids quote dozens of scriptures? Doesn't that make you go, ooh, I need to bone up on my scripture memory? Uh, when a youth shares with a passion about mission, and, and it makes you want to go on mission, the children motivate us to grow in our faith. I learned something about Momo and talking to her a year or so ago. She was wanting to talk about funeral stuff and all. And, and so I was talking about her faith journey. And she told me she was saved as a little girl at the Reeves Congregational Church. And she attended faithfully as a kid growing. They'd walk two and a half miles to church um, every Sunday to, to, to worship. And, but when she and my grandpa first married, they didn't attend church regularly. And I don't really know why. Maybe they're just getting back settled. It was right after World War II and just busy life. And uh, it may have been Momo had a hard time getting into that new community. Uh, but whatever the case, when mom was about two years old, Momo said she went to Riverview and was baptized and joined the church. My grandpa had been a member there since he was a child. I don't think it's a coincidence that Junior and Edith Stewart got back into church when their first child was two because children motivate us to grow in our faith but there's one more return on investment I want to mention and that is we get the joy of seeing these kids grow into Christian adults and that's fun having been a pastor now for 16 years in two different churches being on staff in churches for almost 25 years I'm now getting to see kids from my early years in ministry grow into young adults, start families, and lead in ministry. And I've enjoyed watching that happen. I've enjoyed watching several of the teenage boys from LeCount who were like my grunts when I was music minister there in college. And, and they were there every Wednesday afternoon or Sunday afternoon helping me out as they've grown up and they've become godly husbands and, and dads and, and a couple of them even church leaders and ministers this last week, one of the girls who was in fourth grade when Rebecca and I went to our last church in Forestburg, Texas, had her first baby. And Rebecca and I know she and her husband are going to be godly parents. There's nothing like seeing one of your own grow up and serve Jesus. And that's when you know investing in children's ministry is worth it. Earlier this year, we started an exciting night of leadership training called Lap Night. And we did it 
uh, last Sunday night, leadership achievement and preparation. And one feature of LAP is to have different testimonies shared by people in the church. And usually it's leaders sharing about how uh, serving in the church has blessed them. Or maybe it's a newer member that talks about how they've enjoyed getting involved in the church. Or at this last one, we had uh, a testimony from one of our recent high school graduates, Grace Kane. And Grace is here today, but we had videoed her ahead of time. And Grace has been in the church most of her life. She's been here. She was shaped as a first kid into a first student and now is becoming a first adult. And as I watched her video with the subject of this message rumbling around in my head, I thought, this is why we invest in children's ministry. And so check it out on the screens. I have been blessed with the experiences that I've gained at this church. I remember in the children's department when I was young and I wasn't a baptized believer yet, but somehow it came up about me not being a member of the church and my Sunday school leader came up to me and she said, well, Grace, you're basically family. And I think that's the perfect way to describe what this church has become to me. It's become a family with um, just mentors and people that have poured into my life, whether it was my GA leaders teaching me what missions meant and what it meant to pray for missionaries and what they actually did in other parts of the country, but also what it meant to live on a missions lifestyle here in Pineville or in the USA. Um, Children's choir taught me what it meant to worship when I was young, and I remember going on to camp at Tall Timbers when I was really young and I was absolutely terrified. And Miss Tanya was just there and she brought up the group all together and showed us um, these games and told stories. And soon I was, my mind was filled with continuous laughter and joy instead of this fret. And it's just little experiences like that that happened every day that really fill my childhood memories. I got saved during VBS at this church. I shared my testimony for the first time at this church. I was put in leadership roles at this church. Really just everything that's helped me mature spiritually happened here at this church. And I just have to say that I'm blessed to be able to be a part of a group that has pushed me to be responsible, pushed me to take big steps, but also helped me along the way when I may have taken out bites bigger than me to chew. Um, I remember doing the greatest crafts in my fourth grade Sunday school, and that really connected with that Sunday school like lesson. Um, it just gave me the children's department gave me this beautiful, rock-solid foundation of what it meant to have a faith in God and believe in Jesus. And it wasn't built on stories or my parents' faith, but it was built on what I knew to be true, the biblical truths of God. And then that transferred beautifully into the youth group. I remember seventh grade being challenged with these really hard um, theological topics, and I had no idea what they were. But um, the minister just broke it down and really helped me understand what it meant to be a Christian as I got older. I was given opportunities to minister through Upward and VBS and going on mission trips in other places and Main Street Mission down the road. And it just really allowed me to become confident in my faith. And then I was backed by this huge body of believers who were standing in the background cheering me on that just made me even more bold and ready to go. I love this church, I have to say that. Um, this summer, I'm working at Tall Timbers as a summer staff, and I'm going to be, or I am, a national acting panelist. And with those two platforms, I get to encourage believers every day, writing blogs or making videos and sharing that with people, or I get to work with children and encourage them through the ropes course or while they're playing bazooka ball and just little things like that, seeing joy and sharing the gospel every single day this summer is going to be so much fun and I really couldn't have done it if this church hasn't given me the strong background that I've been given. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for this church. And I can tell you right now, even if it doesn't feel like it, it's been seen and it's been appreciated. And I just want to encourage you and tell you to keep doing what you're doing because I am a first example of what, it, what it's like to grow up through the children's ministry and youth ministry here at church. Thank <laughs> you.
That's encouraging, isn't it? And that story could be repeated. I mean, we could film several of you guys uh, that have been up through our ministry, and we could see that. But we're seeing a return on the investment already. And it's so exciting to see our children's ministry continuing to grow and more young families coming into uh, our church and children are coming uh, to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So keep the investment going in space and time and in, in finances and in prayer. And as the children's ministry grows, the youth ministry grows and the church grows. But most importantly, the family of God grows. And that's going to be a wonderful thing. As we continue to commit to investing in children's ministry, would you join me in prayer this morning? As a church family, just lifting up the next generations and asking God to do great things among them. Lord, we come before you this morning and we are so thankful for the opportunity we have to pour into the next generation. Lord, I can remember about this time 11 years ago when there were hardly any children in the church. I remember attending the Vacation Bible School as the prospective pastor and thinking, oh my goodness, because this church had far less children at Vacation Bible School than our little church in Texas did. But God, you have been so faithful, and you have done amazing work here. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to do that. And Lord, use this week as a mighty way to transform children's lives. Lord, I look forward to what you're going to do. Thank you for everyone who continues to pour into our children and our youth. I pray, God, that you bless them immensely. Lord, give them longevity like Momo had and help them to experience the blessings that she enjoyed because of that service for so long. Lord, help us as a church to have the, the things we need to be able to reach the next generation. Help us to make the shifts along the way that help us to be relevant and, and creative in impacting them. We just ask, God, that you would do it all for your glory and for your honor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.